Right then, we're live. We are live. That were, uh, we had some technical difficulties going on there, but we managed to get through it. I blame Danny Jessup. It's definitely Jessup's fault. It's because he <laughs> rocks up later than you lot, and he's like, right, lads, I'm going to produce just, this today. Just, just, just for the benefit of the tape, um, I was on time today, just for the benefit of the tape. What? I was on time. <laughs> Fuck off. We're, sp- we're supposed time. to start live at one o'clock. And- no, nah, I said I'd be here at one. Right, yeah, from, from now on, we're actually going to go live at 20 past one. <laughs> it's like a lot, it's like an ongoing joke, this, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah so before we start, we'll uh, give a quick shout out to the sponsors, as always. Um, big thanks to uh, Amazing Green. Yeah. They've finally uh, come out of the woodwork and they've uh, set up their social media platform, uh, social media pages. Yeah. So you need to check them out. Yeah, check them out. They've got uh, Amazing Green on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, top quality CBD products. Obviously, there's a lot of CBD stuff on the market now. These are coming in at the top end, trying to get the, the top quality stuff uh, from America. No pesticides or anything like that. They've got their own testing equipment. It's uh, They've spent a, a lot, a lot of money, a lot of investment. So uh, looking forward to getting some products and getting them tested out. But yeah, if you can just uh, add them, follow them on social media and uh, see what they've got. Yeah, we're well, sorry. Next. We actually went live there on YouTube and not on Facebook. Oh dear, so are we live on Facebook. For those now? on Facebook, we are we are sponsored by uh, Amazing Green. We're also sponsored by uh, Muscle Medicine. So a big shout out to them guys, Danny. Looking after your guys down there still. Yeah, Ali, Ali, Muscle Medicine, Muscle Med Rehab, I believe, on uh, Instagram. Check him out. Acupuncture, um, sports massage, doing a real good job looking after fighters. He's got a lot of experience with athletes, not just fighters. You know, rugby players. Um, he's at, Ali's got a background in Olympic weightlifting. We're actually we'll actually get him in on the podcast. Yeah, he needs to come in. I um, mean, like he, like we said the other week, he offered me. Uh, he was like, "Is all you need any niggles?" And I'm like, "No, nah, none yet." But after Monday's session with you, <laughs> don't blame me. <laughs> no, it were, it, it were a bad move on my part. I did I did an hour honor like this. I did an hour of CrossFit and then came and did your jiu-jitsu class when you decided to it overran until like oh half yeah past we, seven. we did a little tournament didn't we yeah, yeah. Pretty funny. I, was, I was fucking dying absolutely dying. On Danny Monday Jessup night. got to the final. Did you? Did you win? <laughs> second, no prizes for coming second, mate. That's what I tell. Who our did last. you lose to? Did you learn you anything? Yeah, yeah. He learned. He learned. He learned that massive Polish guys. Uh, hard to pass the How much does he weigh? It's pretty heavy, isn't it? 100. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's yeah. like two of Danny. <laughs> pretty good. Fair play. It was good, I enjoyed it. <laughs> also, right. also, guys, before we move on, um, they've got the Power of Me supplements. This is the last day to enter. Last day, and then we're going to pick a winner. So you must subscribe and comment on YouTube. Not Facebook. Go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, leave a comment on the video or any of our previous videos and you will be in for a shot of winning some uh, nootropics, some protein bars, some protein, um, all cool yeah. And shit. out of the box of 20 protein bars, there's at least six left. Definitely <laughs> six. There's definitely six left. Who's been eating them? Everybody that's come through the studio, <laughs> the motherfuckers. Every guest. You can take one after. You yeah. might as well. Not, eh? <laughs> right, Danny, let's, let's crack on. Introduce your guest to me today, please. Our guest today is uh, Mr. Nico Joker. He's uh, a resident of Huddersfield at the minute. He's got a, a martial arts academy there. Nico's Martial Arts, I believe it's called. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your academy, Nico. What are you doing with your academy? Um, first of all, thanks for having me here. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, good to uh, get you here. It's great to be here. 
a retired fight on the back. Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not uh, having some good press this week in our mate, Conor McGregor. Yeah. He's, uh, he's having a rough one. But um, yeah, so basically I have my own school, my own academy, uh, Nico's Martial Arts Academy. It's in Huddersfield, in Paddock, Huddersfield. And I've got adults' classes, kids' classes. Uh, I've got a great program lined up as well where the kids and adults follow the program I've brought out myself. And they follow the program, the great bells, every three months, sometimes every six months. So I do the grading more an invitation than, you know, just running them through. I want them to earn their belts and put the work in. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I absolutely I love, I love working with kids as well. Uh, my main passion is about building their confidence and discipline and respect and seeing them smile and loving life as well. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Nico's super positive guy probably the most positive <laughs> high energy person like and mega I, skilled as well yeah i met you for the first time uh at one of the open mats at christmas i think it was and i didn't know i actually didn't know who you were at that time uh but yeah you, you, you helped us out at christmas nice guy <laughs> nice guy <laughs> yeah and it's been commented already i mean uh chris has just said one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet uh from from xs guard ah yeah yeah, yeah. oh cheers chris, chris. big respect yeah. Ex guard, thank you for sponsoring me, looking after me as well. Looking after his teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though he's got them all in his head today. <laughs> and they're a good job. Because that one fell out of the yeah, way. The, the other day I, t- I turned up to the gym and Nico's talking to me with his gum shield, and I'm like, take your gum shield. Took it, <laughs> took it, I just got his tooth missing. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, listen, right? I, I had it done about 10 years ago. I paid three grand for an implant. Yeah. And then. Um, I've had, I've been on some wars for the past fifteen years, <laughs> so I kept the screw kept getting bent quite often, um, and so I kept changing the screw. But other week, literally, I was in a few crashes as well, car crashes, been walking from behind, and I was eating, and then my tooth fall off, and I'm like, no way. <laughs> so I went to the dentist, and he said to me, four thousand pounds. He said your implants broke. I'm thinking. Listen, I'm going to pull all my teeth out and I'm not paying for a grand. Four grand. So I went to get a different opinion to another dentist. He said, oh, it's not broke, mate. He said, it just needs a screw. Still cost me a couple hundred quid. Yeah. You know, but not four grand. So I guess yeah, it's back him. on. <laughs> they saw him come in, tried to stitch him up. Four oh, jeez, man. That's, a, that's well expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tough bastard. He's been in some tough fights, this guy. Mm. Yeah, I got, I got to see fights. you on your... Um, You've been injured for a while, haven't you? Because it, 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 your return back on um, risk fight night, is that right? Yeah, 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 he just jumped in just to get uh, back in the mix. Bit of a warm-up fight that. Yeah. Landed a tasty twister to finish the fight. Uh, <laughs> showing off. I've been I'm, injured for a while. I'm just going to land a twister on this fool and then backflip off the cage. Ah. What a fucking, what a crowd pleaser. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know who showed him that. <laughs> Rico. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so when you're teaching, what what are you teaching? Because you're from like uh, you've done a lot of karate. That's sort of your background. So and so when you're teaching at your academy, is it is it karate or is it kickboxing or is it your own kind of thing? Uh, obviously, my background. I started when I was 13, 14, I started freestyle karate. Um, so I did that for years. But then when I opened my own academy, because of like. I guess I would like to say I'm blessed because I had the experience of karate, kickboxing, boxing, obviously MMA. Then but my grappling came from yourself, obviously. Wrestling, yourself and Cameron Akro. Shout out to Cameron as well for bringing my wrestling on. Uh, so I decided I called it mixed style karate, mixed oh, right, style yeah. kickboxing and K1. 
because I, I like, I bring everything in, I mix it up. So whether one, one session, like I do focus on the mixed style karate because that I've got a program on that. But with the sessions is like one day I do like, you know, karate, one day I might do more kickboxing, one day I might do a bit of clinch work. So I mix it all together. I blend it all into one thing. So yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. I, I love it, honestly. And yeah, one day hopefully I'm gonna I wanna go over to come and teach up my Oh academy. yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Seriously be good to have you there. Yeah, I'll come and teach some karate for you. <laughs> <laughs> when well, did you, when did you start in martial arts and how old were you? I was, I think fourteen. All right, okay. When I started, probably, you know, for me like look, I mean when I see kids right now, they're like so young but they're so good. It's unbelievable. I've got um I've got some kids who like black belts and now Obviously, they've trained with me for years. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. I look at them, I think, can you imagine if I was that good at that age? I don't know. It's it's crazy how good they are now. And yeah, definitely. You've said that before, haven't you? Yeah, I said it about MMA. The game's changing. People are people are getting better, younger. Um, it's you know. crazy change. Obviously, like as you both know, I was out for two years. I snapped my ACL and MCL and cartilage, so I was out for two years. I took two last minute fights, didn't I? Yeah, I yeah. Took Vienna and 24 hours. Yeah, two very, very tough fights as well. You're not talking about jumping and just have a little dance about. These were like, you fought a top Brazilian black belt in Vienna yeah. and then and beat him on a, on a decision. Ne nearly tapped him with an armbar uh, in the last 10 seconds. And then you fought the ACB, former ACB bantamweight champion as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean... so. Obviously, you're a fighter yourself. You understand. You never ask a fighter gonna go in a fight and be fully healed up. I've always I'm like with injuries, like yeah, you know, too many injuries. But I took that one in um, in Manchester. That was 24 hours notice as well. When Danny rung, I'm like, but then it was one of them things where Danny rings me. All I want to say is yes, straight. I never want to like, but I had to like teach classes, so I worked for a for a place yeah. that time. So, but now, like, I, I feel a little bit blessed. If I get a phone call, like, I, I don't have to ask anyone. I just be like, yeah, straight away, you know what I mean? It's, but obviously, actually, I torn my ACL in my left knee on that. It did a, a takedown on me, and I torn my ACL. So I was out for six, from March to August, I was out. And then I came back training, didn't I, in, yeah. in August. And our first week, it was my second session back. I love grappling. Yeah. I literally, one of my favorite sessions at AVT is, is Tuesdays and Thursdays, grappling daytime. I'm blessed to have, because I can't do night times, because I teach at my own academy. Yeah. But I come to your classes, and I love grappling. So I came back with my second session, and I snap like, I was grappling with Ben Bennett as well. And he had a... I think it was three seconds left to go. We had a heel hook or toe hold. I can't remember. I think it was a toe hold, if think? I remember. Yeah, yeah. And I hurt my ACL snap so loud. I never felt so much pain in my life. It was that painful. I thought I was dying. Really? Honestly. Oh, mate, it was so painful. And then that put me out. Like, I waited eight months for the surgery. And then the doctor said to me, I went to Bradford to have it quicker done as well. And the doctor said to me, said, listen, we can't just do your ACL, we have to do your MCL, we have to do your cartilage. But I was on the waiting list to have my ACL done on my left knee. And then basically said, we'll have to leave your left knee. He said, we'll do your right knee, all three ACL, MCL and cartilage. 
So um, I had that, I had that, and then I was out for a year. So I've just got back, but going back to where we're talking about how much the game has evolved, I came back and it's like everybody's improved, yeah. you know, and I can see things, but I'm just, I was like, when I first started a few months ago, I was just a little bit slow getting there. I'm thinking, wow, everybody's got better. And you come to AVT now and you look at, you stand, I sometimes stand on the edge of the mat and look at everybody on the mat when, you co when you're coaching that. And it's like, it's just amazing just seeing like, you see like likes of Louis Lee Scott. Yeah. A, a tremendous skill. You see likes of Mullet's brothers, like whether it's Kevin or Tom or Callum, it's like outstanding, unbelievable. It's Jack Grant, I rolled with Jack Grant today and it, it's like, it, just amazing to roll with him. The role just flows. Yeah, yeah. He's got a big future. Like a lot of AVT guys have a big future. Well, he's got a title fight, hasn't he? And, yeah, uh, he's fighting for the Cage Warriors World title June 29th, I believe. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah, big fight for him. You know, Conor McGregor's old belt, that's what everybody calls it, the lightweight championship. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, um, it's massive and uh, massive opportunities will come uh, after he takes that belt, definitely. So yeah, exciting times. Big future, exciting yeah. times. Just for, for everybody at AVT, really. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's all popping off at AVT. Yeah, yeah. Um, just going back to that injury of yours there from uh, when Ben Bennett got you in a toe hold. I, I, just in grappling, just rolling. That's when it happened. It yeah, we were just rolling really, and um, but so like we were rolling. I managed to get up on my feet, and he had my right leg. Yeah. I managed to get up, and for some reason, I saw the clock. It was three seconds on the clock. Yeah. So like I would like defending and stuff, and then as it was three seconds, I sort of like turned because the buzzer were going probably were two. Then I turned, and when I turned, he just whacked it on, oh, right. and then they, they, my ACL snapped by hurt. It snapped, and Danny was there. I think he saw me. I was yeah, screaming like yeah. mad. Bad times. Oh, yeah. Just from things messing with leg locks and that, it can uh, things do do go wrong sometimes. Unfortunately. Yeah. But now so. I'm like I'm aware. I'm like. You know, constantly when I'm rolling, I'm not too much thinking about like, oh, I'm going to get, first of all, I'm thinking about my knee, protecting yeah, my yeah, knees. Yeah. Then I'm like looking to get positions and just, you know, instead of just trying to pin someone down or trying to sub someone, I like to move a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's why it was a great experience for me today. I only had one round with Jack Grandma. We're just rolling and flowing with it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he gets a lock and he's trying to snap my arm, Yeah, you know, but... Also, like, I like to be smart a little bit. Like, a lot of people say, train hard, train hard. I think I'd like to use the word that train smart a little bit, you know. Um, I'll be careful who I go with, you know. No disrespect to anyone, yeah. but sometimes going with beginners, you, you have to either dominate them or if you just give them a little bit of room, they'll put a face bar on or they'll, like, turn. Yeah, do. beginners are like... They'll move in a way that you're not used you're not to. Yeah, yeah, and they'll just, you know, they'll spin and elbow you in the face. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 it always happens. You, yeah, it, but so you feel bad. You, like, sometimes I walk away, but I'm not being rude or anything. I just have to look after my body. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, you know, and try and, like, when I'm there, sometimes. And also, I'm a little guy, man. Yeah. Like, I swear I'm not joking. You probably don't believe me. I woke up 63 kilos. I've not been 63 kilos in a long time. Yeah. I used to walk around like when I was dieting, like 70 or something, 68. I was in love with food. But now I wake up, I'm like 63.2. It's like, and I'm not even dieting. I'm not even training yeah, for yeah. a fight. So we're doing flyweight then, yeah? Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick more to feather or phantom. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, no, flyers too uh, too too low. Yeah, I think all your best fights are at Bantam. All your all your best your best work, I think, has been at Bantamweight. Was the one at, in Vienna featherweight though? The one in Vienna, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was. I don't know if you remember when I went there. We were meant to poss- possibly to fight this guy who I fought in Manchester, the Russian guy. Yeah. Well, they didn't get the visa. Yeah. So the, you ended up fighting the the Brazilian guy was supposed to fight another Russian, and then you ended yeah, up yeah. fighting each other. Yeah. I'm sure he was probably like feather or light. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, well, when I just I'm like, <laughs> you know, doesn't matter, does it? Just turn up and fight. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. did you start? So, did you start your martial arts training whilst you were back in Albania, or when you came to the UK? No, I started when I came. Actually, I'm gonna have to tell this funny story. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I came. I started my martial arts journey when I came here. When I was 14, I I went to school. Uh, I went to Moran School. So, I was pretty lucky. Like when I came here. I went to, um, it was a place called Craft, like, and uh, they helped the refugees and stuff, immigrants who came over, they helped them and so, so when I went there, it was a guy who took me there, and um, bear in mind, right, I bumped into this guy, I was at traffic lights, I was like, you know, and literally, I went at traffic lights and I heard this guy talking Albanian, I didn't know a word English. I heard this guy talking Albanian, so I like I went to him. I said, "Listen, mate, I said, please, can you help me?" And he was like, "You know, so what are you doing here? Like, like, where do you come from?" <laughs> I just popped out of a lorry, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> All of a sudden, I was in the, I was in a lorry a good few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was in this lorry a good few days, and then I I did like I shouldn't be saying this, maybe, but I had a little knife, so I did the. Uh, I did like an L on the lorry lorry, because I run out of food. Yeah, yeah. So then I popped out of the lorry and and then I was like, I didn't know I was in Huddersfield or you not even England. You know what I mean? Really? No, no, no. I didn't know. So I was like, I popped out of this lorry and then so I'm looking, it was in Huddersfield. I'm looking this place. I'm trying to cross the cross the road. Just walking and then bear in mind I was like, I was, I was 14 then. Actually, no, I was 13. I was 13 then, and then um, I I would listen to this guy, and he spoke Albanian. So I said, "Listen, mate, can you help me?" I said, "So like, you know, like, you know, I started talking to him and stuff, and he took me to this place called Craft. They help refugees, and then the lady in there, she was um, she was the director there basically, and she proper proper like took care of me, but also in there working was another." Um, lady from Albania and she was here with her husband and two sons as well so she took care of me I went and lived with them uh, for six months with Albanian family so I lived with them for six months and then I started school at Moran school and this is before I started karate yeah so I started school and then it was my 14th birthday I think here so I got a do you remember them Nokias? Yeah, Nokias. Yeah. 3310. And Is that a right present? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, right, never had a phone in my life. Pe- people still use them now. Drug dealers use them. Yeah, drug, <laughs> drug dealer phone. Do you think? Yeah, I've got one here now. <laughs> I'm joking. He's going to get us kicked off YouTube here. So, yeah. Every week I have to say something controversial. Yeah. <laughs> Madeline McCann, Michael Jackson, drug dealers. <laughs> So yeah. Anyway, I had this Nokia phone. It was pretty. Them phones were popular then. They were yeah, nice. yeah. And so 
basically Pam by well Pam Brooke now she was Pam by then but Pam Brooke she looked after me I went to live with her son Michael and then she bought me a present as a phone and I was like amazed you know because didn't really see mobile phones then so I had that phone for about a few months anyways I well I was trying to hang around as much as I can with English people to learn the English because I couldn't speak and um, <laughs> because I couldn't speak English this guy said to me <laughs> He said, go to that girl. Because we were hanging around, I was like 14, and he said, go to that girl. He said, <laughs> I shouldn't be swearing anyway, but he said, go to that girl, saying, you know, say, I'm from Albania, I fuck too much. <laughs> so I didn't know what he meant. I said, what does he mean? He said, hi, how are you? Yeah. So I thought that meant, hi, how are you? So I went to this girl, and I was like, you know, trying to chat, talk yeah. to her. I said, hi, I'm from Albania, I fuck too much. <laughs> she was like, fuck, like, fuck off, man. So I'm thinking, what did I say to her? You know what I mean? So I went back and he just tricked me <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> oh, really? Like, you know. Um, so all of a sudden I had this phone going back to like as a present with this guy called Eddie Quinn. So I've not seen him for, for, for ages now. We were this guy called Eddie Quinn, but he was in and out of prison in, I'm sure, quite a lot. So he said to me, he said, can I borrow your phone? And I was like, yeah, I'm like trying to be nice, me. You know, I was I was young, I didn't have many friends. I was trying to make friends. I'm like, yeah, mate, here's my phone. So uh, I gave him my phone, you played a little bit with it. And then um, he didn't give it me for a while. I'm very mild for He's like, he was 20 then. Yeah. He was a big guy. So then I went to him and I'm like, listen, mate, I'm going to have to go. Because he started, I think he started raining. So I'm going to have to go, mate. Listen, can I have my phone back? And he was like, nah, mate. So, and I'm thinking, I'm so like, when it's something mine, you yeah. take something mine, I'm like, hold on, it's my phone. So I went to grab it of his hands, and I'm not lying, right? He grabbed me on the chest, on the throat, and put me against the wall, and pulled this knife out and put it in my throat against the wall. And um, it, it was like a few other people there, but they didn't do anything. They didn't say, oh, he put me against the wall. Like, it's my phone now, mate. But I will literally, I swear to God, I will gut it, because I like, you know, I didn't have any money then, you know, no. I couldn't get another phone. So I shouldn't really say this because kids are listening, but <laughs> I was like fuming. Yeah, Listen, yeah. I came from a background. I, when I was back in Albania, I had AK-47s. I had sh like loads of guns. So I'm thinking, hold on. I didn't have an AK-47, but you've got a knife. I'm going to go home and get a knife. So I went home, got a kitchen knife. Me, I went straight um I went straight up to find him with a kitchen knife, but didn't find him anywhere. No. He went basically. I went to school for a while. I was going to school, obviously. So Pam again were helping me. She um, she took me. She said, "Listen, we'll go to the police." And so I went to the police then and sat down. They put this scream in front of me, and they said, "Listen, you're gonna pick one of these guys. If one of these guys took your knife." I think well, the second guy popped up. I knew straight away who he was. I'm like, it's him, you know. So basically said, you know, they're going to take him in for questions, but he's just come out. They said to me then. A lot of my friends said, said stay away from him, you know. But yeah. I had, my mindset is different now completely, you know. I mean, I just like, you know, I'd never get into troubles. Yeah. And I always find a way to not get into troubles, I think, and be professional and be disciplined. Yeah. Um. But then a lot of my friends said, oh, stay away from him. He's the, you know, he's this, he's that, said to me. But I was like, you know what? I want my phone back. I want my phone back. And never got my phone back, to be fair. Never, never, 
never found like they never police never got the phone back did you ever see this guy again uh well, that's where i'm coming now okay. <laughs> <laughs> like so then pam, pam said to me that's it we start in martial arts we'll go to sports center we'll go taekwondo there and she said i tell you we'll go somewhere else she said i know this place um well it was in linthway then we'll go to, to this place we were run it run by um bob sykes and bernie taylor and stuff so I went there and I started training and I I love training to be fair. I would, I started training and they took me on and I, I felt like I was, that first few years were like amazing, you know, how because I felt like I got ex accepted, which is one of them things, you know. I got accepted, they were looking after me. And bear in mind when you're teaching, I couldn't understand what you're saying. So, because I couldn't speak English, so I could only like look and see what you're doing and then try and do it. but. At that time when I started training, one of the biggest inspiration was one of my best friends as well, Wayne, you know Wayne McKenna. Yeah, yeah, he Wayne. was training then. He was like my best friend. He was like, he helped me. Like with me, I had two two roads and I could have gone this side and be extreme, like carry knives, do bad things in yeah. life, you know, maybe mess about with drugs. Oh, but because Wayne was there with his wife, he supported me so much and he, he like i think honestly i owe him massively so yeah. much the way he helped me and i the way where i am to now i think i always think back how much he helped me because like i said it's all about being professional disciplined and i think i got it a lot from him the way i chose to, to hang around and i always say to people surround yourself with positive people yeah. hang around with good people instead of you know and distance yourself from negativity so uh, I forgot where I was now. I think you were going. You were yeah, so, you, so you've started training. You've met Wayne and stuff. Yeah. And then you were, were also said about. Did you see the guy again? Oh yeah. So I was training then, and I was training with Wayne. He was being my great trainer. I was training for years there, and I think I trained about four, about two thousand five, two thousand six. They offered me a job there because, like, literally, I had this mentality. I still have it today, but now I'm a little bit aware. But I had this mentality where. I would like maybe have like red belt or something. And if I sparred the black belt, I just wanted to be a black belt man. I, I have that or like, you know, I just, I'm very competitive. Yeah. So like I was training, so I got offered a job in 2005, I, a apprenticeship, it's yeah. called. So I got offered a job in 2005, started teaching full time pretty much there. And um, so come back to 2008, I was working there, working with kids. I was I, I couldn't drive because I didn't have a password and I was still waiting to get, to get my, like your citizenship, yeah, citizenship. thing. Yeah. So basically I was like catching buses. I was at bus station one day and uh, guess who I bumped into? Eddie Quinn. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Did he have your 33? I think when did iPhones come out? It was I I can't remember. I'm sure it was an I I had an iPhone three if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. In two thousand and I think it was eight or nine. I just yeah, yeah I was yeah. I turned professional back in two thousand eight in MMA. Yeah, that was by accident as well when I turned professional. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I turned professional and so I was I was competing karate then I was doing like mat fighting. I was competing kickboxing full contact. Yeah. Then and then I turned professional in MMA. And then I was at bus station anyway, and I, he was pushing a trolley with his baby on it. So he must have had a baby then, you know, I must have seen sense. So I saw him and I was like, you know, then I had this, uh, 
I think, I'm sure it was iPhone 3 or something. I had this iPhone. Oh, actually, no. I had the Motorola's. It must have been a Motorola or something. I can't remember, Lish. I've been punching head too much. <laughs> so he would come in with the trolley like that, and I stood in front of the trolley because I was still gutted about yeah, him yeah. taking my phone, you know. So then I took my phone. I like, I, now I don't know if he recognized me, but I think in martial arts, you get to a point you, where you, for me, mentally, I don't need to stand and fight because literally, like, I know if I... If I'm clever enough, I know if I stand and fight, I'm gonna definitely win that battle. You know what I mean? But I knew then, no matter if he had nice or not, I knew I was gonna punch his lights or punch a hole in his face. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I took this phone out and I stood in front of the trolley as he was pushing it. And I said, yo, man, what are you saying? I said, would you like my phone? Would you wanna, you wanna use my phone? I said to him, you know what I mean? Cause I wanted, I would have let him have it, you know, because I was fuming, I literally, <laughs> I wanted to let him have it because like, and then, I would ask back and then if not, I would have smashed his face. <laughs> and uh, so I said to him, I said, would you like the phone, my phone to use it? And literally, I remember it's just like now, he just pulled the trolley back, turned and walked off. And he didn't say anything. Like literally, that was it. I've never seen him again. Wow. So it was it was one of them things. <laughs> crazy. He'll, he'll be watching this listening because you've named him about three times. <laughs> 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 All his mates will be like, Nico's coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Nah, he's on the past anyway. But, but there's a lesson in, in like forgiveness in that. I mean, you, you could have just gone up to that guy. You know, you've been you've started training at this point. You could have just run up to him and you know he's got his little kid with him or whatever. You, yeah, you, you could have. I could have been a right idiot, but I wouldn't. You know, all I want like I was you still to te mad. Teach him a lesson. That's and, it. And just so I'm like, I just said him to use my phone, but then I would never touch the kid or anything like that. Yeah, when no, no, he, no. he pulled the baby and walked down, I'm like, that's it for me. Is well done. But I was still in my head then. Why did you take my phone? Yeah, you know it was it was one of them things. I think it's quite a good thing what you just said there, and uh, this is something I picked up on about uh, AVT and, and martial arts. You were accepted, you know, straight away. Obviously, being not from not based in the UK, coming from abroad, couldn't speak English, you were accepted into martial arts. And we've said this before on podcast, but like the mat is full of misfits in it. Yeah, different shapes, different sizes, different colors, different religions. But everyone, everyone sort of mutually respects each other in that space, don't they? Which is a lot to be said, especially around here, because there's a lot of racism, there's a lot of all, you know, there's I all mean, sorts going on. I mean, Danny knows, I think, a little bit at the moment. It's like, with me, obviously, since I've come here, I've never, never put a foot wrong. Never, literally, I've tried to go by book, everything, yeah. like, and never claimed a penny, um, Let's say, but I'm going through right now the hardest time of my life, if I have to be honest with you, trying to keep my wife in this country. Right. You know what I mean? Because like, um, it's one of the things where I'm a citizenship, I've got a British passport and stuff, I'm a citizenship. So I got, um, I got married in 2014. And then, so I brought my wife here in a two and a half years visa. From Albania? Yeah. So I brought her here and then now to bring her here, you have to have an income of earning, I think 18,000, 20 grand or something. Yeah. 18,000, 19,000 a year. So you have to prove that to government that I'm earning, I'm her sponsor. Yeah. So, which I would do in everything by book, I would work and I'll pay in taxes, national insurance number, everything. And uh, so I brought my wife here. Um, I applied for the visa myself, but I couldn't do it myself. My friend Natalie, uh, yeah. Natalie Robinson, She's been like one of my best friends ever as well. Helped me so much in life with everything. Like she's been a superstar as well. 
Um, so she helped me apply with the visa and everything. So I applied. We, I brought Gerda here. So then after two and a half years, you have to apply again for another two and a half years. And um, that was around that time where I had that fight in Manchester. I was going through a little bit of hard time. At, well, not a, little, a lot of hard time at my work. I don't want to go into details. Yeah. But then come November in 2017, like I left work. I'd, I walked out, not walked out, hung my notice in. Yeah, yeah. Me and my friend Natalie hanged our notice in on the same day. Yeah. Like literally, we, it's one of the things where we could, could not carry on anymore. So we left work because I left work. I couldn't prove to government I'm winning yeah, yeah. grand a year. Yeah. So I left work. I opened my own academy, and everything, and uh, that's it. So come June in 2018, I had to apply for the visa, and um, I applied for the visa. They turned it down. They said you're not earning. You know, you're not earning twenty grand. Yeah, yeah. She must leave the country. Blah blah blah. Like she was a criminal. She wasn't putting a foot wrong. She was working. Yeah. She was earning income herself. I was working. I had my own academy. I'm working with kids. So, um, so basically, they said. So I got a solicitor straight away then, and uh, reappealed. Okay. So bear in mind, every re every every time I appeal, it's costing thousands. Yeah, yeah. It's costing you know. So I did. We did again. Well, fifty fifty solicitor said. We just got the news again. They refused again. Just what recently? Yeah, recently, just about a few weeks ago, few, maybe a month ago, they refused it and they said now they've not refused it on their income because, uh, again, I'm blessed. I'm surrounded by so many positive people. Like when it comes to my fighting game, I'm surrounded by it and I've got so much time for you, Danny. Honestly, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I see you as like a pro, you're an awesome mentor as well and inspiration. And not just to me, but I think to all the ABTs, they, they're lucky to have you leading. And I love the fact that you lead from the front. And so, like, I'm surrounded by so many people. And there was this, um, when I reapplied for the visa second time, there was this guy called, well, called Richard anyway. Yeah. Um, and they've been amazing with me, Richard Scott and his wife, Sally Scott. And they they have a great life so they were like my guarantor right okay you know financial wise yeah yeah so uh, basically like when i applied for the visa plus my my accountant as well he he did sort of where i where i would be in end of the year because you can't submit the books it, yeah you have to be you know end of the year yeah so he can predict you know yeah. what what you can predict so what I'm gonna earn. Yeah, yeah. yeah but i think having the guarantor richard and yeah, sally yeah. that were massive for me yeah. So now when we applied, they didn't turn it down on an income. They turned it down saying, because I speak Albanian, they turned it down and said, now I should go back to Albania and live with her. So basically they want to send her back with saying that I should go back and live with her. Bear in mind. How, 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 can, that, how can that be ethically right to say, when you've already got a citizenship? Yeah, bear in mind, I've got citizenship. I've bought my own house. Yeah. Never put a foot wrong, never had a criminal record. Have opened my own business always helping always uh, helping the community as well and yeah, yeah. love working with kids so now they're saying i should go back so basically what's happened now i have to go to court wow uh, we're going to call a tribunal and obviously i'm gonna i'm gonna keep fighting this because i've got the human rights yeah yeah so i'm gonna keep fighting but every time i fight is money and money yeah. and money and it's it's 
is a killer at the moment. So let's say if Danny wronged me right now, he's a fight new gun, he's this much money. I'd be like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, especially in these times, we've got Brexit <laughs> happening. Like, is, is it even happening? I don't know. Next couple of days, we've got Brexit and there's all this stuff about, you know, immigration and stuff like that. And there is a lot of people, especially like in Doncaster now and where I'm living in Thorn, there's a lot of immigrants coming in, literally by, on a coach, coach loads of immigrants. They're all living in, you know, they've got like shared housing and stuff like that and, and they're coming and working and stuff and are claiming benefits. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of like um, negativity towards yeah. those kind of people who are just, you know, abusing the system. But you get someone like Nico, who's, who's, who's come here not because, you know, he just wants to come and claim some benefits because, you've, you you know, you had, to, you had to come here or whatever and mm. you've, you know, you're doing a lot, you're, for kids and stuff like that like you say you're teaching kids you're helping in the community and you're doing all these great things and yeah it's uh it's like i said it's crazy literally never put a foot wrong and then again i think they what they're trying to do they don't care what you're doing i don't think that they just like trying to pick the easy people or whatever like for me you can find me i'm not i don't like yeah. i'm not here i'm not there i'm i'm exactly i'm doing i go to work home i train i love to be fair i love my life and stuff like that yes i'm i'm having a very hard time with the government trying to keep gerta here but yeah i think one way or another it's got to be a way i have to you know because my yeah. life, i've not lived i i can't stay any longer let's say than five days in albania it's literally and right let me tell you this as well I went, I, so I stayed 12 years. I didn't go back to Albania. And then I went uh, I went back after 12 years and uh, I think you, it was a little bit like, you get used to the life, you know, and I had friends here and they became sort of my, they became my family. So yeah. my family is literally here, but yes, I've got family there, relatives and stuff, but like I got used to the, this life in England. Like, you know what I mean? So like for me to go and go back to Albania and like literally I can't communicate in Albanian as yeah. well. You know what I mean? It's like I hear words. I don't, I've never heard them before in my life. No. So like when how, I- How old are you now, sorry? I'm, I'm 31 in April. Right, okay. So I'm like, basically sometimes when I talk to my wife, Gerd, I'm like, what does this mean? And I'm like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I just so don't what, know. So, so when you're thinking, this is quite, I always think this. So when you're thinking, you think in English, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's natural. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, 16 years in country. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I think longer, I mean, yeah. Oh, 17 then, 17, yeah, 30, yeah. yeah. So uh, I went back anyway, I'm back after 12 years and I think first night I, w I was trying to sleep because Bear, bear in mind, right? Um, I'm I'm gonna tell the dream. That's what I'm. Gonna, bear in mind, right? Backtracking back in 1996, the guns like it's not a secret really. The guns came out when I was there. Right. So literally, it was one of them things when the guns came out back in I don't know if in 95, 96. I can't remember to be fair, but the guns came out. So they were every single house without a fail, had guns inside the house. I'm not meaning one gun, I'm meaning loads of guns. I had about three or four, you know, I had an AK-47. 13 year old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like, but literally, not 13, I was like 10, nine. Everybody had guns, man. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like, I have an argument with you, and let's say, oh, you're gonna beat me up. I'd be like, no, nah, mate, fuck you, I'll shoot your brains out. 
you know, because everybody had done so. It wasn't one of them things. So it's like then you couldn't afford to like if I if I'm pretty sure back then if you go to school and you didn't do your homework, the teacher couldn't tell you, oh, why you haven't you done your homework? Because you just pulled the gun out and be like, I didn't want to do it. You know, <laughs> now that's, shit, more, that's a good excuse. Now I had. I haven't done that, but I know yeah, of people yeah, you know of it, yeah. who has gone to school, not done the homework, teachers had to go at them, you know? And it's, it's kind of like, um, so the, the guns came out, everybody had guns then, so it was a lot of shooting going on, like, you know, and it's, it still is. You yeah. think, you think, for example, I personally, now I don't know, because I live, I live here, I, I go once every few years back, and <clears throat> I go back mainly so, wife can see sometimes a mom and dad but like you think like when the guns i think everybody will hidden guns if i go back right now probably get <laughs> i probably can go and find guns somewhere yeah, yeah, hidden yeah. you know and, yeah. but i don't know it's one of them things and um so everybody had guns then so you couldn't have an argument or anything like that and people still this day people are still getting shot left right and, and actually to be fair like last uh last night my my wife uh her cousin her first cousin she's married and um uh, she her, she lives in spain with her husband and her husband was from same village as i was and honestly the nicest guy ever married with two kids and just got shot on monday night and i was absolutely gutted gutted like you know like it's one of the things like the nice people as well and our gut and just got shot and it's depressing. So I literally, I, I don't know. So. This this was, you went back, this back in Albania, not in Spain. This was. this No, he got shot two days ago in Spain. Spain? Yeah. And that is, is good. I'm gutted about, about just hearing it. And like, obviously Gerda's at home and she's like really upset really, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's, it's life and I guess you just got to try and move on and, and it's, it's a thinking of the family as well. So they, they like actually her her brother, she was my teacher when I was six or seven as well. So Marta, sorry, can I say two words in Albania? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um so Martin trusted the John Kid. Kiev learns it, Kiev meet Ray Ford. McCarthy after Kesh for for Dayden. And it's is one of them things like I would cut it because like when you see nice people like happen that to them is um, I just got her into be fair. You said then it's life, but it ain't life. But it's over not. Here. It's not. Like, yeah. we, we, like we like honestly like we are so far detached. Like people, like, people don't know how blessed they are living in this country. Like in the times of Brexit and the times of all this, everyone can piss and moan. Fucking immigrants coming in. This out of a be racist, but people don't know what it's like out there in real you know wide world. Like we are so we are literally so blessed to to not have these sort of problems, you well, know. The thing is, you just said like I mean, like last few years since this Brexit thing's been happening, yeah. Like I see people they lot stressed and stuff like that, and you know. It, but the thing is, like if you look from outside and see the different countries, England really is is blessed. Yeah. It's, it's you know. The financial side in other countries. I mean, look at Greece. The economy in Greece is terrible. Yeah, it's literally. And Greece is next to Albania. Yeah, right? it's yeah. pretty close. Like I've got some relatives in Greece, and it's literally not great financially. 
So yes, England's going through a hard time and stuff, and people. Are, I don't know, is it me or are people a lot stressed lately? Yeah, everyone's got something to moan about. I think everyone's... <laughs> like, it's well, just, everyone... I tell you something, what I've noticed is like people moan more over here. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. And probably I probably moan. I try not to anyway. I try and think of positives and stuff like that. But yeah. I, I think it's because life's... I think when life is becomes easier, that's when you start moaning, oh, this is no good. I think when you when you come from a hard you know, you've had a hard life or, you, you know, you've had a hard background. I think you're, it puts you in a better frame of mind going forward. Like yeah, you're, pretty you're, sh- like you're the, one of the happiest, most positive guys I've ever met. Oh, thank you. But you've probably had the hardest, one of the hardest li- like backgrounds mm. as a kid growing up that anybody I know has yeah. had. So that that tells you something, doesn't it's, it? It's, it's, we've spoken about it before. It's, it's like a perspective thing, you know. Like th- this is where why you know mental health and everything comes into play nowadays with depression and whatnot. Because from a perspective standpoint, kids nowadays don't know how good they've got it, but all oh, they can man. see is how good it looks on Instagram and on Facebook. Like th- all they can see is how good it is to have a nice car, a nice watch, you know, a nice holiday. They don't understand how bad it could be. Like we've spoken about, like wartime. We've ne- we've never lived through a war. Whereas our parents and grandparents have lived through wars, and then that's perspective when you have, when you're on rations, when you know you, you're getting bombed, like that's that's perspective. That's that's they can look back at them days and go, that's how bad it was. So I'm happy to just have a day to day job, have a healthy family, have food on the table, and then it's it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, isn't it? Like it's it's like a psychology thing. If 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 all that stuff's taken care of and it's easy, you just want. You want self-actualization. You want the better stuff. Yeah, in people life. want more now. Oh, why ain't I got a nice car? Why ain't I got this and that? And but should then, just be happy to be alive. But then no one wants. <laughs> no one wants to graft for it either. Everyone oh, wants yeah. it given on a plate. My, I mean, it amazes me. Like when kid, when his kids' birthdays, for example, or when his kid, uh, when his Christmas, the amount of presents people buy for the kids. I'm thinking, like, I can't talk much because I don't have kids. But I literally want to have kids. I think. Two or three presents is enough. Yeah, yeah. Like when I was a, when I was a kid, it's like, literally, you know, a real egg, a chicken egg. Yeah. We were blessed to get one for Easter. <laughs> I'm not lying. Well, you know, or like for example, Christmas, we didn't get anything, but if we got anything, it were a pair of socks. You know, and and that were like happy days. I mean, it's it's crazy now. The amount of things kids get now is is unbelievable. Yeah. So so. So growing up as a kid, obviously you talked about coming here and stuff like that. So what what was it like being a kid in Albania? Like what was life like as a kid there? Um, growing up as a kid, I mean, it had good times. Obviously, I had friends and stuff. But my when I was a kid, when I was like I think five and onwards, I used to yeah, pretty cool. I used to look after sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The shepherd that could be a new fight name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Like, um, I used to like look after sheep. So you were like, listen, I had a, a daytime job, I guess what you would say, you know, I would get up in the morning, like, you know, at about 30, whatever, 20, 30 sheep, 40 sheep, and just take them out at 8 a.m. and come back about 6 p.m. with them. I used to like lose them a lot though. Um, <laughs> I used to lose them a lot. And then the, the wolf used to eat three or four, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it sounds like a fairy tale. It sound real, does it? The wolf used to eat three or four, and then I used to go home. Uh, how then... old are you at this point? You've got thirty sheep. I think I was maybe a seven or something. <laughs> <laughs> the wolf's eating three of them. 
Oh, well, sometimes too. So I used to lose them because I, I was in love with football. And like, literally, seeing a, seeing a ball, it was amazing. But having a ball, like, we used to like, I don't know, like try and make a ball through, through, um, through clothes or something, try and make a ball. Or, we didn't have a ball then. Yeah. So like having a, a playing football, I'll say if I if someone had the ball, we we just playing football. You know what I mean? Uh, so I used to like instead of looking after sheets, I used to just let them go. Well, they used to disappear, and then I would spend hours maybe playing football. And then when I think, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> I have to I've find lost my them. sheet, bastard. Yeah. When I find them, like I find out of thirty, me I find twenty eight, <laughs> and like where is two? <laughs> Two were gone, <laughs> you know what I mean? Who did uh, the sheep belong to, your parents? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But then if I lost them, it, but the, the thing is then with time, my dad like used to beat me up. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's say if I lost it, like now, you, you can't touch your child, yeah? Nah. You know what I mean? But then you were like, <laughs> then you used to get like whacked with nettles, you know, yeah. nettles. <laughs> and they used to freaking sting as well. <laughs> So when I when I was a kid, they were crazy. But yeah, so then I looked at the sheet. But the thing is, you have to like try and do something about your life. So obviously, like I left, um, and then with the with the help of people, I got in the back of a back of a lorry. Was it was this in Albania? Yeah, yeah. I got in back of the lorry, and then I came. Um, obviously, ended up in Huddersfield. Obviously, stuff were bad in Albania for to do. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You didn't just think, oh, I'm going to go for on an holiday. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't. I wasn't thinking, no, I'm just going to like... Yeah. Th things, things, things were bad where it's like, I need to get out of this country. Yeah. You know, you're a the young The thing kid. is, like, as a child then, what would I make of my life just staying looking after the sheeps apart from, I used to, maybe with friends, sometimes we'd catch up. We used to have an AK-47. It was a thing called, uh, I don't know what it's called, it had 64 bullets. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, like a magazine, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like so clip, we used to yeah. pick a wide thing, put it about 50 meters and then practice shooting, who knocks it down? In turns, I shoot, you shoot, you know what I mean? We used to do things like that and then while shooting, if a rabbit goes, I go bang, we used to get the rabbit, uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of them things. So we used to practice. With an AK, so. popping a rabbit, I mean, I mean it blew it to smithereens. I want to say seat rounds there. Well, I tell, <laughs> I tell them all the best I loved about it, sometimes if you're shooting them, you know, you got, uh, I don't know what you call it, where like, you had you can control it where you go a bullet at a time, a bang, bang, or you put yeah, like it in single a shot, or it could fire three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Automatic. Yeah, yeah. You could fire all, so that would break. Like if a rabbit were running, you'd like, and you just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're kind of crazy. Extreme but, hunting. But it's it's like so like if I stayed there, well, you know, just look after she probably. Have, I don't know if I'd be a be extreme. I don't know where I'd be. I'd probably be. Uh, whether I'd be dead or I'd be like, yeah, prison or like I say, bad things are happening there, people getting shot and stuff like that. It's not, yeah. So, everybody, like, obviously, like, sometimes these immigrants come in here, they're not coming because, like, it's not like me trying to back them up or anything. They're not coming here because they're coming for, for fun, yeah. No, they, no. they've been trying to better, trying to find a better life, and that's why, you know, for yeah, me, I want to make a better yeah, life. And now, like, when I came here, like I said, it's like I'm a huge believer in. Like Danny said, I'm a huge believer in just positive energy, surrounding yourself with positive people, like, um, and just like, came here and like, all I want to do is just like, mind my own business and surround myself with great friends. And obviously that's what I did. Like I started martial arts, started school. Bear in mind when I left school, I did year nine here two times as well, right. as of my English. Yeah. And then did year 10, 
my English wasn't good enough to do year 11. And um, because I did year nine two times, so then I was one year older. Yeah, you don't. You than the yeah, other yeah, ones. Than everyone else, yeah. So then I didn't have GCSE, so I couldn't go to college and choose a project to say, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So the only thing I could do is chefing. Right. But I swear to God, I can't cook. <laughs> right <laughs> and it's not it's not like my passion like my wife Gerta does all the cooking and everything which i'm blessed on that side and uh, i try and help a little bit but i can't cook like yeah. so uh, like i could just go and do chefing but i was so in love with martial arts then so like i would just skive quite a bit yeah you know and like but I, for some reason i've got my mvq level one and mvq level two at chefing so <laughs> i guess if i went for a job i might get the job but lose it the next day <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> and i realize yeah you didn't yeah. turn up to any classes <laughs> but, uh, so so getting on you know you say you're in albania you know you made that decision you need to you need to leave you need to get here and uh you get on that you got on the back of a lorry yeah so uh, how long are you on a lorry for i was on a lorry a few days and a few nights yeah yeah, you, you, you have food and water. Yeah, I had, I had food and water. And bear in mind, I didn't like. It wasn't like now. I try and drink two liters of water. Then you probably drink a lit, uh, not even a glass of water. There. Yeah. But yeah, I had food. I had water. So got in a lorry, stayed in it a few days and few nights. But you're stuck inside the lorry. So that must yeah, be yeah, pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. That's not like a normal thing to do. Yeah. But I think if I had the phone, it would have been all right. <laughs> yeah, just sat playing on, and playing on Facebook and just, internet as well yeah uh, Nico's just checked in back of Lorry <laughs> so yeah so I stayed in back of Lorry um, did, did they not like obviously when it goes through the you don't know where this lorry's going it's no, just driving no, no yeah so, so you, you don't know when when you come out you don't know what you're gonna see you could be no. in fucking China China France Belgium I don't <laughs> know man but like the reason I could got out is because I run out of water and food, so I like. And the lorry's still at this point; it stopped when I got out. Yeah, it was at traffic lights. Ah, right. Yeah. So like, um, can you imagine a car behind the other field? So you literally, yeah. <laughs> like a guy jumping out the back of that lorry. What the fuck? So, but yeah. So basically, like, I had to be careful because the like the lorries get checked. Yeah. And shit. So like, when the lorry were driving. Like I would, I would like, so let's say the lorry is massive. So I would like make space more that way. Go to, towards the end. Yeah. So like when the door gets open, I try and stay towards the middle. So I'm not on the end. So I stay towards the middle. So um, then after a few days, few what nights, is there loads of boxes yeah. and shit around you? So you got, you haven't got like loads of room. You can't like. No. So first, you, you, first like you go like that on top of it, on top of boxes. And then you just try and make space and sit there. But like, I, I tried like, just stuff the box a little bit and make space, but I couldn't make noise though, then. Uh, <laughs> so after a few days, a few nights, I stayed there. And then I got out on the, I just feel like, so I did a little a little L, jumped out. Obviously I bumped into that guy, didn't did, I? Did you have like, did you have like a rucksack with stuff in or did you just have you? Did you have any? No, anything? I just had a lot of clothes on. And uh, a little bag as well. Yeah. But yeah, so. <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking mental. And, and, and when you jumped out, that's what, did you meet someone straight away? No. No, so. No, so I walked about half an hour, I think. Yeah. Maybe 20 minutes, I don't know. And then you bumped into this guy. Yeah. That's so that, super that, lucky. That's yeah, fucking. So, so, so you didn't have to like stay on the street or anything. So I jumped out. Now, 
It's one of the things is weird. Is like, didn't anyone say anything? You jump out of a lorry. Didn't any, was anyone like looking like? There were cars in the. I think the, the lorry driver must have pulled over. And yeah. Seen what the? But I think. Did you did you run? Did you yeah, get yeah, out and yeah. run? Yeah. Yeah, because he saw me on the mirror. Because yeah. I I jumped out and then I run, but I think then, the lorry driver wouldn't been surprised, because there a lot of people then I would suggest they were doing that. Yeah. So. They, they wouldn't been surprised. So then I run, but then he were like, which way do I go? It's one of them things. Should I go that way or that way? So I just decided to walk. But luckily enough, I walked towards Huddersfield Town Centre. <laughs> and uh, as I walked to center at traffic lights, like I said, there were these two guys. Speaking and, Albanian. Yeah. How, um, so obviously you go to this like refugee area. For, at, at that point, I, I, why did they not just say, right, you're off back? Like, well, you're a child, aren't you? You're 13 I, years I old. So they've, so they've got like a duty to care. Like, yeah. I, 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 mean, I don't know what the protocol is, but like, I, I, can you imagine like an adult just jumping out back of a lorry now and then you'd be yeah, like, yeah. you get lifted by police. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know what the protocol yeah, no, is. Yeah, no, I think because I was a child. So, and that, and, and craft then, that was their job to look after, well, n- not necessarily like the way they looked after me. Right. I think Pam always said I was like her special boy, you know? Because I came so young, so she looked after me, I think, a lot more. Yeah. So, like, um, when I went there, yeah, so basically that's what they do. They help, you know, whoever needs help, what they need help with. You know, bear in mind, when people go there, they don't know much of English. They don't know where to start life as well. It's one of them things, like, so um, it's crazy. It's trying to go, I mean, imagine yourself going to a different country, no, not knowing the the language and no. but you know everything from it turned turned to be i guess amazing like yeah, you know, yeah. i've got i've got a house i've got a business i've got a beautiful wife and i'm like you know and, and i do what i love yeah. i think one of the best things i think um going back to that fight in manchester um like i don't know now because i'm i'm not getting huge sparring let's say with the like i came on wednesday sparred bramble and um, Danny, Danny Sturk, Danny Sturk, yeah. and the guy who comes from um, you had you had a picture with you. I forgot, yeah, I forgot his name. He came sparring on Wednesday. Oh, Mo, little Mo, Mo little yeah, Mo, yeah. yeah. So I sparred with Mo as well. When I used to just spar with them, Bramble he leg kicked me out. Like he's fighting my show actually, Bramble. So his main event. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, But Bramble's leg kicks are like vicious, aren't they? So, anyway, we were nice to spar, but going back to that Manchester fight, they were like, is my head was just completely, all I could think is about my wife's visa. Then I I didn't want to say to talk to Danny or anything because he, you were fighting yourself. Yeah, yeah. And so, literally, all I'm thinking about, because I needed to prove to government and all things going different at my work and what happens and my head were mashed and yeah you know just surrounding i had i had a few bad people did you uh did you win that fight no i told my ACL that's when oh, sorry, yeah right, that's the right. fight where he did his acl right, yeah, yeah against the acb former acb champion yeah so, so. this was in the fight yeah Traffic. I don't know if I've, I can't remember yeah. seeing it on, yeah, it on t- YouTube. You ended up in like a fucked up position where I think you were triangled and your leg was like straight yeah, out yeah. as well. But he, he had the reverse triangle, not like a normal triangle. I had the reverse triangle. But the thing is, I thought, oh, I'm, but my knee popped out really. So I was just in my, and I, it was like literally, 
because I wasn't all there. It wasn't me striking. I was like literally just my body was there, but mentally, yeah. like, and I swear to God, like, this, I don't care. Like, I've lost fights. I mean, like going back to how I I started. I, when I started, when I turned pro in MMA back in 2008, I was co-main event. Didn't even know like what semi, it was semi-pro rules then. Yeah. The, the I didn't even know yeah. semi-pro rules, amateur rules <laughs> and pro rules made. Like I literally, I woke up one day, I wanted to have one MMA fight. And I, I was there yeah. as well. Like this was- Honestly. In, this was in, in on the champions. First ever champion. Champions one. I was there, yeah. I, I think I had some guys fighting on it. Peter Hill? Yeah, I, Pete, I had Pete Hill, um, Brian O'Connor, uh, yeah, I had all these guys fighting back in the day yeah. on, on that event. So I saw Nico. First time I saw Nico, he's like walks walking to the to the ring, co-main event. He's tiny, you know, his little pocket rocket. Our fifty-six kilo mate. Yeah, <laughs> he's fighting at seventy kilos, <laughs> and our fifty-six. And he's got he's got he's got his karate gear on. I'm like, who the fuck is this? Guy? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck's this guy doing? Like, does he, does he know what he's doing here? And so you'd not done any, you'd not, at this point, are you doing any grappling? No, did you know no. anything about grappling? The only grappling I did, if I have a little play, I'd get a schoolboy headlock. Yeah. That's it. Like, I remember like... So why why the fuck did you want to do MMA? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just, I I saw, was it GSB against Matt Serra? I can't ah, remember. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have a fight. So I said, what do I do? I said to Andy Farrell. I said, you know, awesome guy. Got respect for him and loads as well. Yeah, I said, guy, Andy, Andy, I said, um... I just want to have an MMA fight. Could you could you corner me? He said to me, and uh, this is like my first. I was competing kickboxing. I wasn't. I was pretty good standing, but you know what I mean. Had no grab, and so Faza said, "Yeah, no worries." He said, "We'll see what comes up." Next morning, I think I get a phone call. Safe can yo, my brother from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Safe comes around, and he was like a week old. Oh, I don't know, a week and a half. He comes around. He said. Said, oh, who am I fighting? He was this poster, and he was Danny Carr. Uh, on a he trained with Ian Butlin and Dave Butlin at Quantum Gym, and top guy as well, Danny. To be fair, and well, he weighed day before. I think we were weighing in then pros and sixty six day before, and I was working around fifty seven, <laughs> so fifty six. So when I get me when I used to go before I trained with Danny, every time I went to weighing scale, I try and drink two liters <laughs> of water. So like, try and drink water. So when my opponent sees me, I'm a bit heavy. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was my my thing then. When I fought, um, so basically anyway, I came in 56 on the day, fought Danny Carr first round. I think first round it was, I kept getting mount, but I kept getting out, I just would not give I'm up. Sure, did he nearly like arm, but it, it I had sure. the arm, but I would pull it up and like, just like, I would, I would knock that, I'd rip everything out. Like, no technique, zero technique. I put a guillotine. Can you imagine if I had my guillotine now? I put a guillotine on him. sick guillotine. Uh, <laughs> I put a guillotine on him, right? And I think it was first, second round. So I, I had the guillotine and then I looked I looked towards Faza. And Faza said to me, lean back. But I leaned back and his head popped out. I looked, Faza, his head's popping out. <laughs> yeah. But I couldn't finish it. But I was so exhausted, I didn't realize how much fitness you needed for a five minute round fight. I did not realize it. Cause I was doing three twos, kickboxing or yeah, four yeah. twos, like fast rounds. I would, I never, never did a fight camp. I would just do some flips, you know, I would hit <laughs> pads. It was one of them things when I was doing kickboxing. I would naturally fit though. I would yeah, really yeah. lean. I think I probably had about 7% body fat. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, so then I think second round, I, I felt like I was dying, so I just turned around and put a re naked choke. Uh, so I was like, I was just happy like to be alive, I think, on that <laughs> fight. But then I went back, like, I won't have another fight, you know. So I said, um, Faza were busy and stuff. So I went to a guy called Tony Sykes, okay. And um, I said to Tony, what a legend. He's martial arts, he's literally outstanding. I've got loads of time for him. And I said to Tony, please, would you help me, Tony? I said, I'm, uh, I want to have another fight. Because, you know, like, I wanted to have one fight only, win that, never fight again. Yeah. But because I lost, it was that on me, like, oh, I need to have another fight and win. So Tony said, all right. But what Tony did, he absolutely, he helped me so much with strength training and, you know, as fitness like i remember like it was snowing one day and he used to drive his car in a second gear up a hill and i used to sprint behind him <laughs> he used to like tony when it comes to fitness he'll like kill you you know but it was good though i i like i can't thank him enough how much he did for me and uh so then i took another fight for declan williams on that fight and like i was like all like i was i'm all about still to this day i love to show off it's literally, yeah. I don't want to like go in a boring fight and just squeeze it. This year. I like to like just do crazy things, do stuff that people not doing in the cage, yeah. you know, and win or lo lose. They say, I do like the saying what uh, John Kavanagh says, you don't lose, you learn. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. So, um, but like I, when, I, when I went in the ring fighting deck, I did a flip. I think I did a kick the moon flip. I was, I was really into flips. <laughs> and um, I started fighting and I kicked him in the head and... And so, so I was feeling pretty good first round and stuff, stuff like that. And then I think he got me down and got me in an armbar straight away. So I, I ripped that armbar out and stuff and I would not let him have it. But he got him round and he threw it. He got him round, but I ended up in a half a triangle mound. I was underneath and Deck threw a few shots. Boom, boom, boom. He was, he was punching, to be fair. And Craig Lawrence stopped it. And I was gutted. And then, to be fair, I was fuming at Craig. Like, why did you stop it? You know, yeah, yeah. But Craigy get, bastard. Craig was doing his job. <laughs> Top referee, got a lot of time for him as well. And uh, so then, like my third fight, I went. I said I wanted to fight again. And um, basically, like I said to Tony, I said I want to have one more fight. And then that's where I first time I met Danny with James Martin. Yeah, yeah, you fought little uh, James. Yeah, <laughs> but I remember watching James Martin before my fight. Uh, he fought somewhere. I can't remember, honestly. But I remember James Martin getting kicked in the face with a shin kick, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not this. lying, right? Yeah. James Martin was fighting, was stood in the middle of the cage fighting, he got shin kicked in the face. And I thought James got knocked down. James was like, we're walking for it. Like, bang, bang, one, two. I remember saying to myself, I'm like, oh my God, I'm fighting that guy. <laughs> he just got shin kicked in the face and he didn't get... You know, it was like these all these things going. Yeah. So... And the good thing is about me, I'm I'm not like one of them guys who are like, oh, I don't want to say I was scared. Trust me, mate. I was proper scared, man. <laughs> I'm going back. I'm thinking, what excuse should I make now to pull out of this fight? You know what I mean? Because I saw James like talking, taking shin kicks. But anyway, I went there. I went ahead. I did a little bit. Um, I think when I fought Declan Williams first time, what um, Moz. Yeah. We were training at a place. He was training at Nova Vida in Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah. I think. I, Dave Riley or something. All right. I'm not too ah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was training with yeah. a guy called Dave Riley. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So for the deck fight, uh, Tony asked Dave to come down. Dave brought a Moz. And uh, 
I think I started working a bit on my guillotine a little bit and stuff. So Moz came and grappled with me, which was good. But yeah. Moz wasn't as good then, you know, now he's pretty legit. Yeah, so. we, need, we need to get Moz down. He, he lived in Brazil for a long time. Well, he does, he's got his um, his blog as well, hasn't he? He writes yeah, a blog. And yeah, Tales from Deep Half. Yeah, cool guy, Moz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, Moz, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a top guy, but he came then and, gra- and grappled a little bit. And same for James Martin, really. So I trained and then fought, fought James Martin. I think I won first round, if I have to be honest. Um, and I was doing well second round, but then you need me, like, I think what 10 seconds before the end of second round, they need me. And I, I was so nervous, ref's going to stop. Before I hit the floor, I'm like, Neil, I'm all right, Neil. But instead of me d- doing that, you can see it in the video, James threw a couple of Neil Hall stopped it. Uh, and I like, gutted it again. Fuck's sake, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> Neil. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Is, this, is he still refing, Neil? Yeah, yeah, he refed yeah, the UFC yeah. a couple of... He didn't ref the UFC London, the one... What was the one before London in Europe? Prague, was I'm not, it? I'm or, not sure. Yeah, at somewhere in Europe. Yeah, yeah. He's a top ref, honestly. Yeah. Like, so somewhere much a Europe. top guy as well. So, um, yes, yeah, so I lost against James Martin. Then I, th- I thought about, that's it, I'm going to stop fighting. I I went through into a... lost first three. I went yeah. through into a depression mode, I think. But then again, I like, I'm going to be positive. Yeah, I'm going to bounce back. So Tony pushed me a little bit and really he did push me and took a fight for Mark Platts. Yeah. On yeah. Paul Murphy's show, I think. Yeah. And I think I armbarred him in like 10 seconds. Was that in Barnsley? Barnsley. Barnsley Metrodome, yeah. Like I wasn't, I literally started like looking. I'm there at this point, but I know who he is, but I don't, we, you know what I mean? Yeah. We don't train him. Yeah, like so no. So literally like, um, I did the armbar on him really quickly, straight away. Like soon he got me on top of me on the guard. He was punching me. I did the armbar. He screamed really loud and ref stopped it. And uh, and he was, he was arguing about it. But then I won that and I was like, I think one of the best feelings ever. Uh, oh, actually win. before that win, I fought Lucas in uh, cage yeah. conflict. Yeah, I remember that really small guy. Yeah, yeah he was from somewhere. I fought him and in 39 set I Kamara at him. Yeah. That was I, I was there it. then as well. Were you? Yeah, I was there, oh, yeah. I had some guys on that show, yeah. So, yeah, I fought Lucas then and basically won that pretty pretty quickly. I was like, that was the happiest moment in my life. Yeah, we've got... We've got we've There's your record there. there, yeah, so, yeah. Win to Lucas, the win to Mark Platts, a loss again to Declan Williams. And, and then... Win Cam. Lost oh, Cam Patel, when I fought Cam Patel. Yeah, I was the commentator of that. Oh, yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, yeah. like when I fought Campotel, right, I, I, what can I do? Tony Sykes said to me, he said, drink this bottle. He said, bottle of water. Try and just get a bit heavier. So I was drinking water, like, you know, trying to up my weight. Because Cam came in at 64. I think I came in at 62 or something. Because yeah. I, I drank two litres before. But then I will spend all time in the toilet because I was just drinking so much to make weight. I think I won against Cam decision. And... Um, I think the time when I when I went to Daniel when I fought Scraps. Yeah, so the fight after Campbell, you fought you fought Scraps. What Scraps? Is it is Scraps' name's James? James Saville, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now known as James Zachary. He's yeah. like living living in a treehouse somewhere. <laughs> what a guy, honestly. <laughs> uh, one of the best. When I fought Scraps, I thought I'm gonna. He was the nicest guy we chat, and I thought we were gonna have like a stand up battle a little bit. So I had that mindset. Next thing. Before anything, he threw two beautiful kicks and he ended up in mound, James. Well, then I don't even know how I did myself. I sort of butt screwed out and came off of the mound. Like, and I came to a butterfly hooks. 
not a clue how to use butterfly hooks at that point. <laughs> and then it came the butterfly hooks. And then next thing, James Savile was in my back. Wow. Yeah, and then, he has got a, he has got a knack of being able to get on people's backs. Yeah, and uh, he put a choke in, so lost against Christ, went back, and Tony Sykes said to me, said, "Not a lot of coaches will do this, literally." But Tony's a top guy. Said, "Listen, Nigo said, because like when I train with coaches, you feel close, like you know, friendship and stuff." And I was teaching two times a week at his Tony's academy as well. Yeah. So I felt close, and then Tony said to me, "said Listen, mate," he said. I can't take you any further, he said, and I haven't literally got the time, but I can't take any further. I said, the guy you want to train is, he said, go and surround yourself with Danny Mitchell. He said to me, I think at that point, Danny took over Cage Steel. To yeah, I'm, I actually remember Tony ringing me, and I was, at, I was at my gym in Doncaster. I had a gym in Doncaster at this point, and, and I remember Tony ringing me and, and speaking, you know, you, you know, Nico is, yeah, and, and asking, you know, asking me some questions and stuff and, and saying that you're going to come down. And then around that same time is when I moved from Doncaster to the Cage yeah. Steel gym. You and were, that's when you started you training. You were training there. for Nico Mus Masoki, yeah, Musoki which was fight. my f which was the first ever fight for the when when we had uh, when we moved to the Cage Steel gym. So we had a you know Cage Steel fight team, if you like. Me versus Nico, I believe, if I'm not wrong, was the first fight out of that gym. I think yeah. I'll check. I have got some kind of record somewhere, but yeah, I think that was a first fight. So you was one of the first people, you know, we, we had some guys already there. Jay Furness was already there. Uh, Christoph Golick, he was there. Not long gas firm. Came. Yeah. Gas firm. Um, but yeah, he was one of the, you was one of the first, uh, first yeah. people there. I had the fight lined up, didn't I? And then you said, maybe we'll... Uh... Yeah, well, this this was funny. I, I remember you came to the gym and I, I got you a fight with Neil Siri. I actually got you a fight with Neil Siri when you first came to the gym. Really? And it was in Ireland, yeah? And I said to you, yeah, I've got you this fight. You know, it's Neil Siri. It's in Ireland. I just need your passport, uh, like a picture of your passport so I can book the flight. And you were like, uh, yeah, I ain't, I ain't got a passport. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh no! So <laughs> I just made some excuse like, "Yeah, right, Nico can't do it. Yeah, he's, he's injured or something." And I'm like, "Oh fuck! I've got this guy here. He's got no passport." I'm like, "What the fuck? What's happening?" <laughs> I'm like, "Have you got a driving license?" And no, I don't think you didn't have a. I got it a, late, a bit later. Yeah, you didn't have yeah. a driving because obviously you could have gone just with a driving yeah. license there, and uh, he didn't have that. And I'm like, "Oh shit! I've got this guy. He's like some kind of illegal immigrant training with me. What am I gonna do?" <laughs> <laughs> But then obviously I spoke to him and, and learned about his his story and stuff. And well, then uh, I thought you got me my first fight with you was Carl Harrison. Yes, yes. Um, I think on on is it you were, Mark Goddard's show? Yeah, you yeah. were ranked fifth in the UK then, and yeah. I I re naked choked him. Yeah, stopped him in the second round. I was training with you and Brendan Chaplin then yeah. as well. Uh, so that was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know then who and, I... And at this at this point, we're, we're, this is at bantamweight, innit? We're trying to do bantamweight fights because you'd, you'd fought you'd fought at like 70 kilo, you'd fought featherweight. And yeah, then... I fought 77 as well. <laughs> 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 I want to like, but yeah. So then, yeah, so I think we did catch weight 60 kg with Carl Harrison. Ah, yeah, yeah. And then who do I did I fight? You after? fought Danny Scaife. You beat him. That was at uh, that little nightclub in Pudsey. Oh yeah. Yeah, you beat him. And then uh, Oliver Pasta. You fought him on Cage Warriors. You had two fights on Cage Warriors. Then. Yeah. Oliver I, Pasta and I Neil. I took that on three days. Yeah. And then I trained for Neil. Sir, to be fair, 
But oh man, I made the biggest mistake on that fight it was, is like after, first time I ever cut to 57. Like, I remember when you picked me up to fight Neil Cern, I remember before then, I was almost crying. <laughs> Mate, I was like depressed because like all I wanted to do is drink water. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I think I didn't drink water from Wednesday night or something and I was like <laughs> trying to make the first time and literally I would wake up at midnight and I would write down what I'm gonna eat after I weigh in. <laughs> Bear in mind, I wasn't aware then, I was learning that no, I should have eaten what I want after the fight. Oh, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I wrote, I'm writing things down. Wait against Neil say 57, our hap happy guy. Like, I literally, I went to a supermarket. I don't think, I don't know if I ever told Danny. I think we, because we was in, we had separate rooms, yeah. didn't we? So Nico's in a room on his own. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to chill out. But little did I know that he's got like loads of fucking sweets and shit. 35 pound chocolates. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> scranning loads of shit. <laughs> fighting the next day against Neil Serio. Went on to, you know, some great fights in yeah, the UFC. Yeah. I had the, well, the thing is I stayed up till 5 a.m. eating chocolate. When I found Neil Serio, before the night before, it's stupid, but I learned from it because that improved the future. But I learned so much. But like till five a.m. I was eating chocolates, and I swear, right, I'm not lying. <laughs> when Danny came to to pick me up to go to the venue, I could not touch my knees. Forget my toes. Like my stomach, I was like, I ate so much. You were like, I couldn't touch my toes. But it, I wasn't like eating much food, just chocolates, because yeah. I was obsessed. And then um, I think when I walk, if you see me walk in cage against Neil Serian, I walk with my shoulders back like that because I couldn't like walk natural. Like my stomach go, you know, and Jay had your MMA said, oh, if you beat Neil Serian, he said, because he were ranked number two or number one with Phil Harris. So but I think I won first round definitely and yeah, half yeah. the second round. And then I went from like moving a little bit, my body shut down and literally that's it. I couldn't, I couldn't throw a punch. Yeah. <laughs> that's mental that yeah, isn't yeah. it yeah, yeah. crazy but I had some good runs like obviously then yeah get, get, his, get his record back up there because he had that many fucking fights yeah so after Siri went to Wales you fought Joe Ory so that yeah that, a... then basically I have to say I was like oh man I need to win because I lost two in a row so I Cut. stopped Joe Ory didn't I in third round but yeah he literally I on the fight day I was 64 and he came to us do you remember he said he was 75 yeah I don't know how he made way, Jory. Big guy. Yeah, tough guy. And then Owen Gale after that. I, fucking hell, this is funny. <laughs> so Nico Go fights. Good to tell the Nico fights Owen Gale. This was at fifty-seven, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah this is at fifty-seven. So <laughs> bearing in mind, I remember when when Nico's cut into fifty-seven, he turns to me and he's like, "This is the, he's like Danny. This is the hardest thing I've ever done." <laughs> and I'm like, "Mate." You came from Albania on a fucking lorry <laughs> to fucking England and fucking losing a few kilos is the hardest thing you've ever done. I'm like, fucking hell. <laughs> Crazy. But yeah, so he fought Owen Gale. Owen Gale, if you ever if you ever seen the guy, what a fucking athlete he is. He's, he's a like a power lifter. He's a small guy, isn't he? Yeah, small small guy. Same, yeah. same same size as Nico, but super like the frame on him, super muscled. Uh, lifting crazy weights, you know, uh, definitely lifting a lot, lot more than me because I'm weak as piss. Uh -huh. But yeah, li lifting it, super strong. It was quite funny how it worked because we fought Joe and then we drove that day straight to a wrestling ah, competition. Ah, yeah, we did a wrestling competition as well. Owen Gale was three weeks later. He's a unit, him, isn't he? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so like we drove to a wrestling competition. Obviously, I beat Joe. I was so excited to get that win. Yeah. You know, and then we did that wrestling. But I was a bit like, oh, I've got the win last night. But I do it anyway because I was there. And then you you won every wrestling match you did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was so tired after after that fight. We even we're, run out of petrol. Yeah, we're, we're in Wales. We're driving. We're like, run out of petrol. We didn't have an hotel. I'm like, we need to get to Manchester. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. We ended up, uh, we got to some like travel lodge and we slept there. And I'm like, fuck this fucking wrestling tournament. It was M Mike Grundy. You know, Mike Grundy was just uh, one in the UFC. It was Mike Grundy's. It was like uh, his tournament that he'd arranged. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. I might just tell Mike that I can't make it or whatever. And then even, I thought, I'll go and corner. So the next morning we wake up, we drive there. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'll just fucking corner. I can't be asked. And then Mike's like, oh, fucking, hell, I need you. The, you know, there's you, like, I think it's like an eight, it was an eight man tournament. And I was like the eighth guy. So if I'd have dropped out, it'd have fucked the numbers up. Yeah. So it's like, oh, no, no, you, you need to be doing it. Uh, and I'm like, all right, fuck's sake. I can't <laughs> be asked to do this. And I ended, up, I ended up like fucking winning every match. It was sick. <laughs> like the best I've ever performed. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and then you, you had some, you had some sick matches as well. Yeah, I had, the, I had two, I think I won two, but then I lost to Gas Firm. You know, but Gas were literally really, his wrestling is brilliant. I think, yeah. to be fair, shout out to Gas as well. He's one of the reasons why my wrestling, because tr I trained with Gas then from Cage Steel. Yeah. Obviously, you were going to Thailand and stuff, and you were you, you were taking it until that bad injury happened. But yeah, like at the time, my striking, I think I felt it was better than Gaz, but his wrestling was just yeah brilliant. You know, so he sort of brought my wrestling on as well. Um, you know, so you were pretty cool. Yeah, you had a lot of wars in the gym with Gaz. I remember coming in and you just, they've just got fucking lumps all over their head <laughs> where they've just been battering each other. <laughs> Mate, like me, but it was all like the best times ever with Gas. Like I loved sparring him. We, it felt like you would drive home and it felt I felt awesome. But one day, I think I was training up for a fight and we we had this spar. Me and Gas, we was at the gym. Um, on Bradford Road, yeah. disease gym, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were sparring one day, and literally, I th you were there. My nose were bleeding. I go stage where my nose were bleeding so bad. We were, we were slipping in blood and everything. We we're trying to do five fives, right? And I thought I'm gonna take Gas down. The little did I know, Gas were trying to take me down. We clashed heads, uh. right? But I carried on. I barely managed to drive home, right? Honestly, I barely managed to drive home. I was going to teach. I was feeling dizzy, like I was blurred when I was driving home. Went to work and I said, I said um, to my friend Natalie, I said, I'm not well. I said, I've, I don't know. I said, I feel like I've been, it was worse than being in a car crash, yeah, like yeah. squashed. So I went to hospital and uh, went in there and I had the baddest concussion, the hospital said to me. Like we waited there, like for ages from Natalie and she, every hospital I've been, she's come to me with hospital, bless her. And then, like I had the worst concussion of my life, and they said you were this close getting a leak in my brain or something. I don't know. Um, so I stayed. I had a I had a rest a little bit. I said if I had a leak in my brain, I said to Nat then I was crying. I literally yeah. was crying. I, I don't want. I said if I've got a leak in my brain, I will never ever fight again. Yeah. You know that's what I said to Nat. And then he came. He said you're fine. He said you just need a month, six weeks off or something. Yeah, yeah. So um, and that was from clashing heads with gas really. Well, we had some wars with him, like pretty, yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, fucking mental, you. Yeah, guys actually runs uh, 
CrossFit Pontifract now, so I know that you're a CrossFit wanker. So if you want <laughs> oh, he messaged me actually. Little yeah, no, yeah. We'll, we'll get him in one day as well. Yeah, no. It, yeah. In fact, yeah, no, no. Yeah, he actually messaged me a few weeks back on Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah. he said that. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He, you know, he trained with me in Thailand. Actually, in Thailand, he uh, his elbow dislocated, and he's been uh, he's been struggling with that for a long time. Uh, with that injury, but he's, he's actually been speaking to me recently about coming back training and stuff. He's oh, got to be, be, be careful, cool. yeah. But uh, yeah, top guy, uh, check him out. I think his gym's called Strong 101. His gym looks uh, legit, yeah. His gym cross, looks yeah, proper yeah. legit. He's, he's moved from a few different gyms, and every gym's got bigger and better. And uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's doing well, he's doing well. Good oh, guy. I'm, I'm trying to find a gym right now. Uh, like I run the studio at the moment in Huddersfield, yeah. but finding like I'm not. It doesn't matter finding a big place, but finding a place is slightly bigger because let's say I have 20, 30 kids in class. I need the biggest space. Yeah. But if I have 30 kids in class, I've got 30 parents watching or maybe 60 parents if it's too. So I need a space where yeah. the parents can and the kids. They can sit and watch. And, yeah. and um, everything is like 35 grand a year. I don't make 35 grand in two years. Forget a year. It's yeah, like, yeah. You know, so at the moment. But I've been, I've been blessed. I've got like the guys... The kids who I teach, they're just like, I mean, I started off when I started a year and a bit ago on wooden floor, man, seriously. Yeah. And then a lot of kids came with me and they were training on wooden floor and getting uh, blisters and stuff. So I've got mats. So two times a week, I put mats down, yep. I take them off. It's like, but I don't mind doing it because I like training on mats, but I love to find a bigger <coughs> space. So if anyone in Huddersfield can find me a place. Yeah, find this man a gym in Huddersfield. <laughs> so just going back to the uh, Owen Gale story. So he made 57 kilos now in the fight. Oh, Owen Gale's super strong, isn't he? And, and there were a point in the fight, me and Adam Simpson are in your corner and uh, you're, against the, you're against the fence and Nico gets hit with a knee. And you can, if you watch the video of the fight, you can see it. And Nico's head's like side was yeah. like this. Boom. It's like a, it could be like a freeze frame, you know, on snatch when someone's yeah. jaw gets broke. It's like that. It's like a freeze frame. <laughs> and uh, that happens. I'm like, ooh, fucking hell. You could hear like a crack. Anyway, there's, you know, there's a scramble. Nico, Nico ends up landing in Mount. And uh, you armbarred him from Mount, didn't you? Yeah, well, the thing is with it, like, if you watch that fight, if you don't know me, I don't know your thing. That, that guy's fucking shit for me. Yeah. Because I went on it, we sort of had a game plan like first two minutes, just let Owen Gale work, move around a little bit. That was our game plan. Once he starts to tire, then pick up the pace. Yeah. Literally, I know he came in, right, got a, a, a color tie, knee the crap out my jaw. My jaw broke. Like, so literally when he kneed me, my jaw went to the side, so he broke. And then, so I felt my jaw, like, you know, like... I, I got, I, yeah, so I did, I'm, I'm not aware his jaw's broke. I just see him take this big knee. I'm like, shit. And then the You know, like, continues. I can do this now. When he need me, this side will, like, to the side. So I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So then I was trying to, I was moving around with Brooks. So I'm on top of my head. I'm thinking, do I carry on or do I... But I'm like, no, I'm going to carry on. I'm in it. Jaw's broken anyway, so I carry on. Then I get closer to this cage and he elbowed me again and I right on the jaw and I felt my jaw again. Like I felt like he was moving, so he broke in two places when I had to he broke it there and there, I think. So I'm I'm in I'm in there, my jaw's broken, I'm looking at but the thing is about me, because like late late I relax. I've got um I love this about myself. I try and stop everybody's voice. Well, I can only listen to your voice. It's weird. And I think it's one of the things, if you can get to that point, you kind of relax. So I can hear you talking really clear. 
And then he kneed me on the solar plexus and he took the wind out of me, I swear to God. And then I went flat on my back and I covered. But my, like, I'm not, I'm not bothered. I'm trying to tap at this point. I'm thinking my jaw's broke. Yeah. All I'm thinking, like, I'm not going to be able to eat again. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. So my jaw's, and I'm covering, and he's throwing punches. So ref, I could see the ref moving in. I'm thinking, come on, stop it, stop it. But I couldn't do this, tap, because no, no, he's no, punching punch, me. Yeah. So I was there. <laughs> And then as I'm listening, Danny's like, Nico, you got to get up, Nico, you got to get up. And I thought, all right. So I went in on my knees, right? Managed to get and lock my hands, put him down a little bit, got back up. And then once I looked it properly, moved him away from cage, put him down, got mount. But it was the weirdest experience I've ever experienced and when I got him mount. Because first I like, okay, try and keep him down because he's a strong dude. So I was punching him. And I heard Danny say, Nico, he's fainting, he's fainting, I think. And then every shot I hit, it felt like, Literally, I swear to God, he will, his energy was dropping by 20%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I hit him, and then he will move slow, and then I hit him again. And then I started landing elbows. So, he was like, everything was slow-mo. It was weird. And then he went to his knees, but I saw, like, we, I think it was a week before or two, we were working, like, catching the arm, shin on top of the head. Yeah. And flicked him over. And then got arm, but because he broke my jaw, I'm fucking squeezing. <laughs> if he's listening, I'm squeezing the arm, but... Like, like mad literally. Like life depends on it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, but ref, like, but he taps straight away and... Fuck. Yeah, like, and then, then Nico comes over, like, I want it, like, yes. Nico comes up, like... Uh, Can Danny, you pick me up? Yeah, yeah, I picked him up and then he's, like, looking, like, Danny, is something wrong with your jaw? And I'm, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His jaw's just fully sideways, you know, oh. like, fully, fully gone. I'm, like, fuck. So we take him to hospital. But... Yeah. The weird thing is, I thought, because of the adrenaline, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to do a flip anyway, I've won now. <laughs> I did a flip with my jaw broke as well, which that wasn't a great thing, maybe. Love doing fucking flips. Fucking mental. If ever you see Nico fight, you're guaranteed he's going to do a backflip. Even if his fucking leg's broken, he'll do a backflip. Uh, one leg. It's, it's mad that everyone does, everyone does love you. Like at that risk fight night, when you came out, everyone were going fucking mental. Like the crowd are there to see you. And obviously you delivered. Got it down, got a twist there, and then did a backflip off cage. Yeah, like, that's a show, that's showmanship. Show. That. But yeah, we, t we took him to hospital, and then uh, at this point, I don't think <laughs> I think Nico had not really been to hospital before. You know, uh, very rarely been to hospital because we got there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well, we're going to give you some painkillers." And I think they, you know, they gave him some like pretty strong painkillers in a drip, and uh, Nico's like. You know what? I feel all right. And I'm like, Nico, stop moving your fucking jaw. And he's like, Nah. Nah, I feel good. We should just drive home. Like, I'm, I'm, we're in Portsmouth. We're in fucking Portsmouth. It's like, nah, nah, we'll just leave. I, I feel fine. I'm like, Nico, your fucking jaw is not fine. So they x-rayed him. They could see, you know, two big breaks or whatever. And then we, st we stayed. They said I need the surgery. I was like, no. Yeah, he, 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 were, he, were, he wasn't happy about that. <laughs> but then we, we stayed for a few hours and then obviously he's got to get surgery and stuff. So we went and then the next day was... Uh, I remember eating breakfast and Nico just like walking in, all his jaw just wired shut. It's like so they put these things on top, like band, like elastic like bands, so he his yeah, mouth yeah. can't can't so open. Bear in mind when I thought, I think I was about maybe I went from fifty seven to like sixty two, sixty three. Um, but with my jawbone, within two weeks I was seventy two. <laughs> 
<laughs> Honestly, I was blending things and sucking it through the. Oh, so how, how, how I thought you were going to say I was like 40 kilos. I thought yeah. you were going to lose weight. Though. Just drinking pure blended ice cream. Through <laughs> <laughs> his broken jaw. Yeah, so eight weeks I ended up wires. I was teaching like that. Come on, guys, gather around. You're doing great. You know, like that. Yeah. Like a ventriloquist. I could, I could <laughs> yeah. take time off work because I... You had a little had... puppet as well, like, <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like two wins in a row, I think. And then Danny rings me up in two days' notice, I think. And I fought... Who did I fight after Owen Gale? Ah, uh, you, you fought Lawson Tennant. Um, oh, that was that, yeah, that, yeah, that was for a, for a belt at uh, Battle Frontier. I know. stopped him on the second round. Yeah, as he was well. like four and zero as well at the time. He, he was a legit striker. Yeah, good striker. Uh, Carl Fawcett, another crazy fight. That was uh, two days notice. That yeah, for the, the major the cage the bantamweight title. Nico split his lip like right up here. You split your lip, or I split the guy's lip. No, no he, he it, like we stood toe to toe. Carl yeah. was the heaviest. Hitter, I think in Bantamweight, in when he fought that Rob Bumford who was in UFC, yeah. he stood toe to toe for three rounds. Yeah. And literally, when I went in there, I wasn't fit, but like I always using my experience. But literally, we had a war. Like I remember back, if you see my face on the back of the, I won the belt. I think I threw a spinning hook kick and broke his arm. Yeah, or yeah. But Nico ended up breaking. <laughs> props to Carl. I think Nico broke his arm in the first round, and then after the second round, he had to drop out. But I remember the referee coming up and looking at Nico's face. His lip had yeah. split all the way up here, <laughs> and he's like, "Don't look good, that. I'm gonna have to stop it if it gets any worse." I'm like, "Listen, it's his fucking lip. He's fine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with him. We're fine. Just carry on." And then, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll sew his lip after. Yeah, we'll sew it up after. But yeah, that that was a. A tough fight, blood everywhere. Oh, man. Real exciting fight to. Uh, well, to at be, one stage, I, I think against Carl because he was like, I felt like you get into that motion where I'm trying to be technical, but then I was like, fuck this. I stood toe to toe and then I was just throwing all them, throwing them. So I had some really good success with him. Yeah. But I was so tired. You can see on the video, I thought I couldn't breathe. In second round, so I put my hands in my hip. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah, he stood like this. I put my hands in my hip you... and Carl run in and I throw the left hand straight. That was, was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. I made a banner then because I won four fights in a row. I stopped everybody. So I made a banner. I thought, I'm going to do a banner, you know, and I thought maybe with Daniel, like, I don't know. I always felt like, I don't know, and I'm not saying I'm cocky or anything, but I always felt I'm, I feel like I'm the most skillful guy and fly it, for example, like yeah. I'll pick in my grappling. I had a good strike picking my grappling, my wrestling. I'll blending them together quite nice. I felt like, and I still feel like obviously like I've got injuries and stuff now, but I still feel like skill wise, at that time I feel like I was the most skillful guy. Like, and I, I look at UFC, I'd be like, I beat most flyweights and probably all of them, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I did the banner saying I put a row on it. Then I signed me up. <laughs> so I was four in a row, and then three weeks notice. This fight comes up in Finland, and I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. He <laughs> were ranked European number one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Was this this Timo? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Lost, lost to a guillotine in first round. Yeah, I was doing well standing, though, as well, and then I shot a, I shot a single leg with head outside, I think, and switched it to double, to be fair, but he locked it yeah. and landed on his back, but my tongue got caught like this. <laughs> like, oh. And he had the guillotine, so I rolled into mound... <laughs> And he had a mounted guillotine on me, but my tongue was outside. So if I didn't tap, my I'm tongue was gonna tongue snap. <laughs> so I, yeah, so he, he won that. I'm like, oh, I need another win. Dean Garnett comes up in a, was it weeks or two weeks? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Another short notice one. Yeah. The Olympia, yeah. 
That was main event on that as well. And then after that, because you'd had at this point you'd had two fights against Deck Williams and lost them both. Yeah. But those two fights you'd done before you was training at AVT, so you wasn't really doing MMA. You was just no, doing no. Kickboxing. I wasn't doing any grappling so, at all. Yeah. So I thought it'd be pretty cool if I can get Deck to agree to fight and, and have the the third fight and try and fight him as an MMA fighter now. Yeah. To be fair, big respect. He didn't have to take. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I've beaten Nico two times. Yeah. Top guy as well. Is, is he still? He's still fighting. Isn't I believe it? so. I believe he's. Because I fighting, heard he yeah. retired first. Yeah, I think he retired. I think he's had a couple recently, but I'm not. I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. yeah, I think he has been. Uh, he has been doing stuff. He has some fights. You so, but I said to millions? my, I said to my to my friends, I literally well at home. I, I didn't say this to Danny, but I said, but literally this is what I said to Wayne, Natalie, and everybody. I said at my where I said if I lose against Deck for a third time, like I would never fight MMA again. Yeah. No disrespect to Deck, he's a top compare, but I think losing once, all right. Losing again, I'm like, oh, what's going on? Maybe I should. Um, but I, th- I said to them, I said, literally, if I lose against Deck, I didn't tell this Danny, but I would never fought again. Yeah. Because I think it was a little bit losing three times, you know, is a bit like that. So that was my mindset. I lost against him. I would hand my gloves on, and that's it. Yeah. But obviously, I'd, real quick, well, I'd, uh, I won that fight. Cool. So obviously, mm-hmm. moving to moving to now. Moving to now, what's the plan now? So you've just you just fought recently on race, got a win, just a little warm up fight. Yeah, uh, the plan my aim is to try and stay in gym for uh, injury free. Uh, my main plan at the moment is get the show out of the way. Yeah, make a fight night because like literally stress the life out of me. <laughs> I think more man. with everything with, what's happening as what's well. What's happening yeah. as well? So get that and then get the V's out of the way. Oh, praying to God that. They yeah. see since I win. Yeah, and any help you need with that, if you, I'll go to court, mate. I will stand up in court and uh, <laughs> tell them how much of an. I appreciate it. Thank good you. Guy you are. I've been a lucky guy. I had so many references from parents, from my work. It's unbelievable, like amazing support as well. So, yeah, so hopefully get the show out of the way and get my Wes V's out of the way. And I'm still obviously maintaining my academy. Yeah trying to run my academy but let's say if a fight came saturday and danny rung me i won't say no even though mentally i let's say i'm completely like showing visa at the moment and yeah. i still like to run my academy as prof- high as professional as i can because right now if i have a bad day with me i'm like this if i have a bad day myself when i go to to my academy i want to be the most inspiring guy for them kids yeah, yeah. i want to motivate them kids yeah it's like kind of like I want to make them feel positive, feel confident. Tell that, tell that. I say to them, look yourself in the mirror, and tell yourself you're amazing, you're great, you're brilliant. You know, yeah. have that confidence of the kids and and just support them and seeing the kids smile and earning a belt, I think is blessing for me. And seeing the parents, how much they appreciate what I do for for the kids and stuff, that drives me as well. So is yeah. So basically, I still want to fight once or two times a year. Um, I'm 31 though, so I'm getting I'm getting on a little bit because also I've been in too many wars. Yeah, I think that's had a token thing on my body. Yeah, that's it. You had some, been in some tough fights and, and tough training back in the day. We didn't train as smart. Yeah, like you say, that's it. You yeah, guys, concussions. You, you guys stuff. paved the way, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we were the we were the guinea pigs. Um, so yeah, you've you've done a lot of uh, you've you've put your time in and uh, yeah, definitely. Like like I said, now then as well, it wasn't many bandom weights then. You know, he was just big guy. Now it's like loads of bandom weights at AVT. It's yeah. like 
like is amazing. So for me at the moment, if I can, I want to fight once or two times a year. But to be fair, like obviously I did this fight in risk and I was like, I it's good for me to get in first and I want a bit more cage time. But I also did because you were done his show, done his show as well. So yeah. yeah. But to be fair, I want to just like get some fights, maybe international, some really, really good fights. I don't mind if they're high profile fights, world class guys. You know, I love to just like, you know, if anything comes up, like sometimes I I, I like, I, I say to myself, I hope like oh, opportunity comes from Bellator or something. Oh, you know, yeah. like when UFC was in London, I hope someone drops out <laughs> <laughs> and they ring that, you know, it's kind of them things. But yeah, I don't know. I like to fight once or two times a year if I can, maybe yeah, three, whatever. Yeah. I never say no to last minute yeah. fights. We'll see what comes up. <laughs> the phone's always ringing, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah awesome we're gonna have to wrap it up there cool yeah it's knocking on three o'clock yeah man um thanks for joining us where can people find you because obviously people want to support you on social uh what's your social media um yeah so basically i'm it's nico joke on facebook i've got a twitter nico 540 don't use it that much to be fair uh instagram nico 540 so yeah i've got my own academy as i told you guys before um so if you're in Huddersfield, like, and you want to come and train or bring your kids, it's absolutely more than welcome. I've got a fantastic and amazing team. Can I give a shout out as well to my team who, like, with me as well, they, behind the, behind me, I need a great team, and I've got an amazing team. Obviously, my wife, Gerda, she's, like, supports me so much. She's not allowed, the government has stopped the rights for her to work. Right. She's su- helped me and supported me a lot, and... I've got like um, once every three months, I invite guys for grading. So it's like whether this month it's kids or adults. So I've got like guys such as like Wayne McKenna, who he comes every every time to grading. Joel Clayton, he comes and helps me grading. Michael Ryan always gives their Sundays. You know, nobody gives their Sundays easy. They yeah. come there. Natalie Robinson, she's always there supporting me with the grading because. And they know, and they know how much it means to the kids, so they support me as well. So a massive thank you to all of them for supporting me. So, yeah. That's amazing. And if anybody in the uh, Huddersfield area knows of any gyms or that can help you out with uh, the expansion. Any floors, any units, obviously. Not 35 grand a year, though. Reach out. (laughs) Let's get a discount. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome stuff. You're doing awesome stuff with the community and awesome stuff with with the kids, mate. And... uh, yeah, I hope it all. I hope everything works out with this visa and stuff, and I hope it all goes well for you. I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me on, man. No worries. Appreciate it's been it. our pleasure, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.